Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. It's still Cricket World Cup 23 time. This is the second part of our preview show. So if you are getting to this podcast first, go back to your feed. Apparently not on iTunes anymore. It's not called that. Um, it's Apple Music for all of you uh, crazy kids out there. But go back and listen to episode one first. On episode two of our preview show, we're going to talk about six teams. We're then also going to talk some booms and busts, our predictions for the finals, and a few hot takes as well. All coming up on the second part of our Cricket World Cup 23 preview. Stay tuned. Well, Bordy, we're going to start with you in this preview. Just a little bit of a recap. What we've done in the first episode of this is we've gone through New Zealand, India, England and Australia's chances. Not that we think that they are necessarily the bracket for the finals or semi-finals and final. Mm. We're going to cover probably a little bit more briefly the other six teams in the tournament. Um, we're then going to talk a little bit of booms and busts, so some kind of hot takes on the tournament. And then we'll also run through the betting for the tournament and then our predictions as well. But Bordy, you've picked Sri Lanka as a team you want to have a closer look at in the mm-hmm. second part of the pod. Um, and just to recap, we're going to go, why will they go well? And what's their biggest worry, threat, concern, etc.? Yep. So Sri Lanka will go well because of spin it's good isn't it it's good, good so spinners. good well so so not only barring injury they'll have Hasaranga but they'll all ha- also have uh, Dunith Wiralaga who is the 19 slash 20 year old he's looked really good who's looked really really good in, in the Asia Cup um, has now played 15 ODIs has 19 wickets at 25 and an economy of 5.3 so in a tournament where if it does spin, if it does provide spin, particularly later on in the tournament, if Sri Lanka can get to a point after six games where they're competing in the last three for a spot in the semi-finals, those two, I think, are going to be really influential and could provide a massive banana skin for other teams as they did in the Asia Cup. So they beat Bangladesh, they beat Pakistan, they got to the final against India and got rolled. So there's a kind of double-sided coin there and that Sri Lanka have won prior to the um, Asia Cup sort of last couple of games where they got beaten by India twice. They won 14 out of the previous 16 games, right? Including beating Afghanistan, Bangladesh and Pakistan along the way. But they also then toweled up, you know, Amman and a few other nations who probably won't feature too heavily in the World Cup at all. Um, so, you know, what what is their form? It's hard to tell, but they've played 26 ODIs in the last 12 months, and they've got plenty of they've got plenty of practice going into this World Cup. Where will it go wrong for them, Bordeaux? Look, Sri Lanka have always been a, an inconsistent side. They have the ability, like we've seen in previous World Cups, 1996, and and others, where they've they've gone on a roll and have been irrepressible and have been and have been hard to beat. They were hard to beat in the Asian Cup. We have also seen them play in tournament play and we've also seen them come to places like New Zealand and be incredibly inconsistent and field poorly. If Sri Lanka field well and take their opportunities, then I think they're a chance. If they get a little bit of doubt in there and they start to, you know, the shoddy fielding sort of stuff starts to come out, then I think Sri Lanka are going to be, you know, largely uncompetitive at this World Cup. But in any given game, Sri Lanka could beat just about anybody. And talking of doubt, we're, yeah, we're recording this on, uh, I couldn't decide what day it was, the 20th, the 20th of September. The 20th yeah. of September. The, um, the reports that Sri Lanka still haven't named their World Cup squad, which obviously makes it tough for you. Very to, difficult to prep. To, to, uh, to prep in, in full detail. We kind of know the basics of, of who's going to be in their squad, but it sounds like maybe Dustin Shanaka is 
not going to be the captain, which would be, you know, a, a, a huge turn up uh, this this close to the World Cup to change your captain. Yeah, I, exactly. So you know, un, maybe a bit of um, the side unsettled by that. With you know whether that gives them a boost, who knows? So yeah, a lot to kind of unpack there. And and I mean, when I look at this side, I think the you named the spin. You didn't even name Sikshana. They've got Pasirana as well in there, who's not a spinner but seamer, but. You know, they, they have a very good bowling attack that they can put out on the field, but batting, I don't see where, you know, where the runs come from. We've just seen them get bowled out for 50, yeah. so we've got a pretty good example of yeah. them not performing with the bat. I, I don't I don't know how much to read in, into get, getting bowled out by 50. I don't know whether that's something that to be really concerned about or it's just one of those days that happens to cricket sides, but generally speaking, I think other than maybe Asalanka and one or two others, it's hard to see where their big runs are going to come yeah. from on a consistent basis. That, that's my concern consistent consistency of runs mm. um, I find it very strange that after you're talking about the form that they've had the the captain might get the, the sack yeah. uh, seems like they've been going really well that, that's kind of standard for their cricketing politics though isn't yeah, it right? and that's the problem with Sri Lanka yeah. is that even when the tournament is you know in the subcontinent you know they, they're going to be playing in familiar conditions there's so many I mean even political Mm. issues going on in Sri Lanka at the moment that have for some time that it can be unsettling for them as a nation so like India a lot riding on their cricket team to step up and perform and they did really really well in the Asia Cup but I just honestly I don't know which Sri Lankan side I'm going to get on any given day which makes them super dangerous for any of the other teams that have semi-final aspirations but it also makes it hard to predict where they're going to finish well and they've got South Africa Pakistan Australia first three games I think after those three games we're going to have a pretty good sense of of how their tournament Mm -hmm. might go Righty-ho, let's move on. Yes. We're going to do this relatively quick. R- rapido. R- rapido. And so I think we're going to go, uh, for those of you observant um, on the YouTube, <laughs> we're, we went from left to right last time. We're going to go from right to left this the stage, time. Stage right. D- depending on which way you're looking at the camera, of course. <laughs> um, Pakistan um, are the second team that I've had a look at um, in a little bit of detail. So I think we frame this as where will they go well and where will they go badly. Um, for me, I just probably want to highlight one thing at the, the, the top of this is um, I think we've always, you know, historically been quite cliche about Pakistan, particularly in, in World Cups. You know, they're mercurial. You don't know what they're going to bring. Um, that's not the case now. They were obviously in the uh, recent T20 World Cup final against England at the MCG. Number one um, ranked world side. Number world. one ranked world side. And I'm going to come on to some more rankings as well. From a batting perspective, they've got Babar at number one in the batting rankings, Imam at five, Fakhar at 10. Um, if we then translate into the other white ball format, you've got Rizwan, who's ranked number two um, in the world, and Babra Azam number three in T20s, and, um, and Rauf number 11 in the bowling. So they've actually now got real quality all throughout their side. If you look at that batting lineup, you know, Babrazan, Fakazaman, uh, Mohamed Rizman, um, Imam has, has had a fantastic year. And then from a bowling perspective, we've talked about the mouthwatering prospect of their pace attack, uh, Charlie uh, Shaheen, um, Alfredi, Rauf, Mohamed Wazim, you know, the list goes on. We've got a real decent bowling attack. And then I think as Bordis just alluded to with Sri Lanka, we've also at times talked a little bit about... Um, the fielding of, of of Pakistan has been, you know, under par. But they've almost, I think, if you look at when uh, Virat Kohli came into power for India and really up the fitness levels and up the field, fielding levels in that 
um, in that Indian team going back maybe eight, nine years, uh, maybe a little bit further back. Pakistan, I think, have had a similar um, sort of focus on, on that over the course of the last several years and, you know, absolutely box office in the field as well. So for me, you know, why are they a chance? Um, it, it is really their side is full of quality um, bat, with bat and ball. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's why I think they're, they're one to watch. With um, Pakistan, going into the 2020 World Cup in Australia, I had this real sense of them in some real form, really galvanised as a team. Uh, nothing was going to stop them, it felt like. I don't have that same feeling this time. Um, maybe there's a little bit of um, bias there in that I think that playing in India I think is going to be a real struggle for them. If not um, actually being a struggle, it's probably mentally being a bit of a struggle, being mm. uh, in India for that long. I think they're uh, only playing in five different grounds due to the security sort of stuff that they need to look into for, mm. for that side in particular. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that they've got the bottle to, to, to get over the line in this particular tournament. So it's an interesting observation, Raj. I, mm. I, I was thinking in the lead-up, given that we know now that Nassim Shah is probably going to be out for most of, if not the whole tournament, with mm. that with that injury. How much do you think they miss him? Yeah, undoubtedly you're going to miss a guy with that level of quality. But I think the depth that they have now is, you know, it's not something that I think you've historically maybe associated with with that Pakistan team. They've they've always had, you know, a gun fast bowler, uh, a gun batter, a gun spinner. They've got depth on all of their depth charts now mm-hmm. um, throughout the course of that side. So you know, it's going to be a you know, it's going to be a big. Um, yeah, a big set of bowling shoes to fill, but I, I don't think it's as big a issue as some of the other injuries, injuries that we've talked about that are going to be missing out for, for some of the, you know, some of the countries around the world. Saudi, if he misses out, for example, I think that's a bigger, potentially a bigger hole for New Zealand to fill than this one will be for Pakistan. I'm not sure about that. I, I really do think that the Nassim Shah injury, if, if it does knock him out for the whole tournament, will be huge. Because when you look at that Pakistan lineup, I, I sort of think that they're... Yes, they have quality all up and down it, but the spin is maybe not as strong as some of like if you compare it to some other sides in the world, yeah. they're not you know they're not terrible. The Shadab Khan and, and things, but the, yeah, I think that their real core for how we're going to you know destroy sides on the bowling front was thirty overs out of Harris, Ralph, Nassim yeah, Shah, absolutely. and uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi, yeah. and particularly those two up front, Nassim Shah and, and Shaheen, Shaheen, and now you know you're going to. You probably I I don't think Harris Ralph will now open, so they'll now bring in someone else to open the bowling. They might actually go with a spinner to open. They've done that in the past, but yeah. Anyway, whichever way they decide to go, I do think that that he's a massive cog, and he's just been bowl like the, some of the spells that he bowls. Nassim Shah, it, honestly, like, uh, is it was it the T Twenty World Cup final where he mm. just bowled a spell that was you know I don't even got a wicket did he. There was 10 playing misses in 11 balls. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, yeah. yeah was, was there watching going, how on earth is this? Yeah. Has he not nicked someone off it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he can just bring in that quality that I don't think has matched with the, the yeah. depth that, that can come in next. Bing, see, I talked about the Australian middle order as being a bit of a question mark for them. What about the Pakistan middle order? So, you know, yes, Bubba and, and Rizwan in the top sort of three, four, but that sort of five, six, seven area for Pakistan can be a, a little bit of a, a weak point in that lineup, do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think if you look at any of the sides that 
probably with the exception of India that we, we've talked about already. Um, even if you look at, you know, the England side, for example, there's probably a couple of question marks around, you know, teams either having real strength at the top of the order, real strength in the middle of the order. I, I don't think there's a team other than India with a complete batting lineup. Yeah, Personally, I think that, you know, what offsets that for Pakistan is the strength of that top order. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know we were talking about it previously when we were um, talking about some of their one day international and, and T20 bilateral series. And we were like, well, Riz Rizwan and Baba can't continue to do it all. And then, uh, the, you know, the day after we said that, they knocked off 280 without losing a wicket. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's the quality at the top of the order that, that's going to help them, uh, which maybe just offsets, you know, potentially any questions about that. The biggest downer I've got is they don't play very much cricket in India. Um, I think that the fact that they are limited to several venues, um, there's a you know you can maybe put a silver lining on that in that they won't have the as much travel as some of the other teams. Mm. Um, and then also you know from a uh, from a yeah, but from an expectations perspective, I think um, the fact that they don't get obviously any players in the IPL, the fact that they don't play in India that's probably the, the biggest reason that they might come unstuck. Can I just um, unpack that a bit more with the panel? Do you think that that is actually going to be a big factor in that, you know, every other team, you know, the, the, the real superstars in each team go to India once a year for six, eight weeks and play a, a very high intense yeah. game of cricket? That's got to be a... At those a, venues. At those venues. That's yep. got to be a, a, a real negative for the, the Pakistanis. And and just from a conditions perspective, from what we've seen at international level in Pakistan, the pitches are very different mm. to the pitches that they're going to experience in India. Yeah, look, fans are, fans are terrific in Pakistan. They are very parochial. They're very supportive of their teams. They, you know, when there's a big crowd, they make a lot of noise. But the fact that they their players haven't been in India playing at those grounds against you know all the other top sides that have had players playing in those grounds in front of those fans before there there is a lot to be said for you know look i know what to expect going into this game um that that is a real comfort to a lot of players you know being able to go through the routine knowing what to expect knowing what to to go out there and prepare for is is if there's a tiny little bit of edge in that it won't go in pakistan's favor Let's not stray too far from Pakistan and we'll look at Bangladesh next. Uh, Raj, I think you picked them out of the, the lucky dip um, to, to, to go through their chances for the tournament. What's, yeah, what's caught your eye? Where are they going to go well and where are they going to implode? I think a real positive for them is that they have a real nucleus of experience in their side. They've got the Shakibs, the Mushfika, the Mamadula, um, Fizz, Mustafa, Mustafa Rahman and um, Tuscan Ahmed. I put him in there because I thought he was quite exciting when he came down here to mm. New Zealand. Um, so they have that real experience. They do have something to build on. They have the ability to be the thorn in someone's side. However, I think that that's sort of where it sort of uh, ends with them. They can be a thorn in someone's side. They can win a game. We saw them beat India in a, sort of a dead rubber in the Super Fours of the um, the Asia Cup there. Mm. But um, that, that's probably their biggest threat is their consistency, especially with the bat. Uh, in the Asia Cup, just drawing on recent experience, they only got past 250 twice. Um, and that's just not going to cut it, I don't think, with uh, the bowling stocks they have and the teams that they're going to come up against. And those those two scores were against Afghanistan and, and India and that dead rubber. Um, 
the top of the order has been a real concern for them. Atama Megbal is returning for um, the warm-ups. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on who New they're New playing. Playing New Zealand. Sorry, playing New Zealand. I knew, I knew that. <laughs> um, they're playing New Zealand. Atama Megbal is back. Maybe some stability at the top of the order with um, Listen Das there. But I, I think that, that they, they need to be able to build a platform for the likes of uh, Shakib and uh, Mushfika to come in and, and you know really blast them through those middle overs towards the end but that's where they're really falling down at the moment is they're just not consistently scoring runs we've seen Bangladesh be successful in Bangladesh against you know visiting sides who come in and have played in Bangladeshi conditions um, <laughs> on, on some very questionable wickets in, in recent times at least yeah I would ag- I would agree which Australia is Australia and New Zealand the ones that we're probably thinking of yeah so Bangladesh are not going to be able to for want of a better word ambush sides in terms of conditions in India is that going to count against them are are they going to even though they're playing in the subcontinent come up against conditions that aren't going to suit their preferred style of play yeah uh, sorry can you ask me that again are Bangladesh going to come into conditions that aren't going to suit their style of play I think that they will come into conditions that they are more familiar with. Mm. Uh, whether it suits their style of play, I don't know. And and that goes again to the to, to the ball, that side of the of the game. And I think that they don't have bowlers that have the ability to consistently go at five and over or six and over when they play those better teams. You're looking at, at Fizz, he's probably one of them. Shakib Al-Hassan's the other one. Those are the ones who are going to go for fours and over, go for five and over, maybe get a couple of wickets at the death. But around them, I think there could be some real carnage with those uh, bigger powerhouse sides. So conditions, sure, may be a little bit favourable for them, but uh, I think that it's just like when we see um, you know teams play against or play against teams with um, the spinner from Afghanistan, Rashid. Rashid. Yeah. Uh, when teams play against him, they just block him out, get 20 off four overs and then go at everybody else. I think you're going to see that yeah. the same with um, with Bangladesh. Just to finish up on Bangladesh, I think that um, they're one of those teams or probably with a team that needs their key performer the most in uh, Shakib Al-Hassan. You saw it in the the ones where they the games they were successful against the likes of India in the in the Super 4s. They need Shakib to go out there and average 50 with the bat, average under 20 with the ball and allow some other players around him to to put in some cameo performances to get them over the line, but he is a real key performer for them. Yeah, I think he is and I think um I think also they're probably clearly at the end of his career, right? Um, and I think probably from a from a sort of a, an era perspective, he's a average forty strike rate eighty kind of player, and the, the same as someone like Mushfika Rahim as well. Mm-hmm. That they're probably just three or four two years too late to really. Um, I think take that side to, to, to being anything more than a banana skin um, throughout the course of the tournament. For just, some of the, I mean, look, we're New Zealand's about to play three games against them, so this could come back and, and bite me. But there's just a side that's not exciting. I, I, when, when I, you know, all, all the other teams kind of have uh, players that I'm sort of excited to, to look at. Litton Das, I think, yeah, I, I quite like watching him. Yep. Are we going looking for reasons to be excited about Bangladesh, well, to, to be honest? Like, well, let's I, not, let's not. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so, Lippy, you've got t- two uh, two teams that you're going to cover off, I think. So, Well, I've got South Africa first. Yeah. I've got South Africa first, and then we've got uh, a couple of other sides at the end. So, I mean, South Africa, uh, look, 
I honestly have no idea how to get a read on South Africa in any way. I think, you know, last week I felt like I, you know, had a pretty good line on them and they weren't going very well. Then they just come out and absolutely blast Australia. And then you look up and down that lineup and you go, okay, well, that that batting lineup is Bavuma, averages 55 in ODI cricket. Quentin de Kock, 45. Rassi van der Dussen, 57. Aidan Markram, Heinrich Klaassen, David Miller. Throw, you know, throw Reza Hendricks in there as, as your backup. You've got Marco... And then you've got Marco Janssen, Kegisa Rabat. Like, all of these names, it starts to go, okay, this is a very dangerous cricket side that can beat anyone. And, and if they put it together for six weeks... You know, maybe they can win the tournament. So, like, I'm I'm just having a really, really difficult time trying to because I, I think you know, keen listeners to the podcast will look back to the the T20 World Cup in South Africa. I was very, very heavily on that train. It almost got me home until they lost to uh, the Netherlands, wasn't it? In that uh, and missed out on the semi-finals, and you know that that all fell to pieces. South Africa has a history of kind of getting to the point where they're looking like they might win the tournament or or you know being in the mix for the tournament and then something has a way of, of going wrong not only mathematics yeah mathematics seems to be a, a, it seems to be a, it seems to be a challenge a serious but, concern but south africa in the last week have looked like semi-final contenders the week before they didn't and the week before that and the week before that they didn't which South Africa are we going to get, Stu? Do, does anyone have any idea which South Africa we're going to get? Because if we get the one that rolled Australia for like 100, 160 and 200, then they are as good as any side in the world. Look, I, th- I think that much in the same way that New Zealand sort of capitulated in their games against England when England put up a big score, I think that those bowling performances from South Africa come from putting up a massive score with the bat. So, you know, when I'm trying to think of how this South African side can win this tournament... I really do think it's those six, you know, that top six being absolutely explosive and putting up huge scores with the likes of, you know, that, that top order that we've named. But it's really Klassen and Miller. Like, I don't think there's a more explosive five six in these conditions to to really do the damage than those two. I mean, honestly, like, you know, anyone who hasn't gone back and watched the 15-over partnership that they put together of... I don't know, whatever it was, 220. They scored. So they were 100. When Rusty Van der got out, South Africa was 195 for four after 35 overs. They scored 221 and 15 overs. They scored 173 off the last 10 overs. Yeah. And it, it, it was it was honestly like, a, it was just, it, it looked like a highlights package and you were yeah. watching the, the every ball. Every and single ball. those were off Zampa, weren't they? Mm, yeah. yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Mick Lewis. Yeah. Well, he went for 63 off his final four overs. Klaassen, even, you know, Klaassen was 24 off 26 and he had 150 off his next 56 balls. Like, this this was just, you know, the records and kind of the stats that they were piling up in that 10 over yeah. span shows you that if they can put that together, you know, can they do, can out. they do it six times out of nine? Because to get to the semifinals, effectively, that's what we're going to be asking of each of these semifinal well, sides. Let, they have to do it six let, out of nine let, times, let, right? Let, uh, let's talk about that in a bit more detail when we get to the final four, because okay. I think that's the question that we've got to answer. But yeah, ultimately, I think you look at the IPL experience they've got in that side mm, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Kigiso Rabada has been bloody quiet in the last twelve months, having been someone that would have been on you know, the top of an auction list. Uh, and, and certainly if you were picking a World eleven, he'd have been there and thereabouts. I, I think he's got a point to prove. And Norkia, if he's fit, I think there's an injury cloud. I think he's, I think um, he's out. 
I, I would say he's out. Yeah, again, you know, was was you know a big pickup at that IPL, but they've also got some experience, have they? Uh, haven't they? In terms of playing in India, the likes of David Miller's played a lot of you know franchise yeah, well, cricket. You, as I well. mean, you look at all of those guys, you know, yes, and even um, even the bowlers that we haven't named, Ngidi, Janssen, Spinners. Yeah. yeah. Can I rain on this parade a little bit? Mm. Yeah. I, I think we're trying to look for positives here. We, we've we've looked at, we've found a team here that has finally put it together when no one expected anything of them. They, they'd already been absolutely smoked by Australia. Yeah, fair. Is, and, and their history at the World Cup, you've mentioned when they had some, you know, they, they really had some expectation on them, they've never really gone anywhere. Why is this going to be any different? Because we're trying to do an entertaining podcast. I, I, look, I honestly don't. I I don't have any answers when I when I try and you know as I just said, I, I don't know. And mm. and I, as like you guys have said, sometimes it's Pakistan that people go in cliche and think that they they're the enigma of the tournament. It's South Africa. One hundred percent for me are the are the enigma. I don't know how they're going to perform. It wouldn't surprise me if they won two games in this tournament. It wouldn't surprise me if they absolutely blitz everyone in pool play and then lose in, lose in a Duckworth Lewis situation <laughs> yeah, in the semi final. Forget to run the sheet out. So like anything, any I, I do think all options are on the, on the cards for them because yes, one to eleven when they put their lineup together, they're going to field a very very strong side on paper. Is it going to come off? Who knows? Let's move on to the two genuine contenders um, for the title. Um, no, we've left them till, till last. And no, no, no disrespect, but I think both of these teams, we, we're not going to say that they're going to be in that final four bracket. I don't think any surprises. But the Netherlands, who um, qualified pro- probably, well, d- clearly deservedly, but we, there was a couple of other teams that you would have maybe expected to see. Ireland, we're Zimbabwe, still, West, Indies. West Indies. So uh, Netherlands and Afghanistan are going to be the other two teams that we take a quick look at. Anything that we want to really highlight here, Lip? I mean, Netherlands, it's all from a New Zealand lens for me from, from the Netherlands. So many connections, you know, Max O'Dowd, Logan Van Beek, and, and Tejanita Manura, who actually, you know, I think we've talked about before, played a lot of club cricket here in Auckland for a while. And, and you know, when you talk about that tournament, they were, uh, well, even now, they're ranked 14th in the, in the world in terms of those ODI rankings. So they, they were not predicted to be the side that goes through. Yep. They, I think, were on the back foot at various times in that tournament and then managed to kind of come good at the right time in that game against the West Indies was the the key one that you know Logan Van Beek got all the fanfare for for getting 30 off the super over but it was Tejanita Manur who got the 100 to kind of get them to whatever it was 374 which was their chase that they were you know trying to get at that point so you know big performances it's a real shame for uh, the Netherlands that Tim Pringle can't be at this tournament. He's someone who played in the T20 World Cup, you know, plays for Northern Districts. Yeah. Sounds he, Dutch. Yeah, very, very Dutch, of course, yeah. Um, well, as Dutch as Tejman Nebermanuru. So, um, look, I think the, the, the it's exciting for, for me personally to see a lot of those guys play at, at this level. I actually wonder, when, when I was trying to look at more their side and depth, it's such a shame that Michael Rippon can't go to this tournament and play for the Netherlands like he was in that Netherlands side at, at various points he wanted to play for New Zealand so he comes qualifies for New Zealand plays for plays a couple of games and as soon as he plays those couple of games for New Zealand it means okay like you can't you can't go back and I do think that's sort of not necessarily a 
you know, it, it, I think it's a flaw in the in the system that you can set, you can spend all that time, and but you should be able to go back. They did have that at various points, didn't they? That well, they ha- they do in other sports. If, if the goal is to build a bigger base of of cricket, white ball cricket, yeah, they should be allowed to to mm. do that. Yeah, and, and you're right. Other sports do allow that. You know, rugby league in particular allows players to transition from tier one to tier quote two. unquote to tier two nations and their rugby their rugby league terms for listeners who are not familiar with that yeah, phraseology yeah, yeah. In, in the context of international rugby league um but yeah look huge credit to them because they yeah as we've said a whole bunch of sides were ranked above them to make this tournament mm-hmm. i think zimbabwe were absolutely flying in that tournament and and uh you know the netherlands made it and they, sh- they should go and, and absolutely enjoy this experience as much as possible for afghanistan i actually do think that they'll have bigger ambitions than maybe you're giving them credit for I, I don't know that they you know I don't personally think that they will achieve those goals but I think that they go in there now with in much the same way as we talked about before with South Africa they've got a lot of players that play in franchise leagues all around the world they've got a, a bona fide star in Rashid Khan they've got you know guys like Mohammed Nabi Nur Ahmad like that they, they've actually got some players that people around the world are starting to take notice of and I think that they'll, when they go you know yes they lost to Bangladesh in the Asia Cup but they almost beat Sri Lanka in that you know absolutely wild game I think if the DLS wasn't a factor they probably would have kind of yeah. you know worked it around and won that game so I think their internal expectations will be a lot bigger than everyone gives them credit let's for let's put some KPIs to this then so if you are <laughs> the CEO of Afghanistan Afghanistan cricket how many wins are you looking for from nine games? And I'm not talking about close ones. I'm talking about wins. Two. Really? Minimum. You definitely yep. have to win one. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to I, win two. I think they'd want to. I think they'd want to beat the Netherlands, and they'd probably want to take two people down two as well. Minutes, so yeah. three, three, three. I think would be an absolute tournament and a half for them. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think they'll have. A hope that they can and sort of ambitions that they can kind of scratch together a few more than that you know like yes yes i think you know you if you look back at this tournament and they've taken down netherlands and two other sides they probably go okay yes we've done okay but i think at the start of this tournament they're definitely going okay well we we've just about beaten sri lanka we think bangladesh isn't up to much we we can match it with them we can beat the netherlands there's three already you know, how about we take on some of these other, you know, how about we take New Zealand down? How about we take down Australia so, so in, in these I, I, conditions? Honestly, and I, I feel like Afghanistan will go into this tournament thinking that they can bowl sides out yeah, and, and get 180. Like, like if I was Afghanistan, I'd be going, right, our game, our game plan is to bowl as many sides out for 180 as we can. If they get 350, it doesn't matter. Right, but if we can bowl sides out for 180, we're a big chance. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that's where we talked. We've talked about it a lot uh, with Rashid Khan, for example. In T20s, there are teams that will see his four overs off, and that they're quite comfortable. You bowl your four for 25 because we'll take someone else down. They're not going to be able to do that when they've got um, ten overs of Rashid Noor Ahmed. You've mentioned as yeah, well. Yeah, there's Majib, um, there's yeah, they've got, Nabi, there's Faruqi. They, like, they can't settle and, and yeah. sit on that the one gun because they've now developed some, some other options. So yeah, look, I think that again, uh, there isn't a team in this tournament that's not a you know not a potential banana skin on the day. Um, yeah. on, on the day. Um, uh, even in the fifty over, even in the fifty over format. 
let's come on to booms and busts. So let's try and do this quickly if we can. Um, so we, we're going to go out with our hot takes. One that we think is going to be um, a boom for someone. This took some explaining in the Slack channel, by the way. And then and then a bust as well. So um, Lip, I'll come to you first. What who, who, what have you got as your boom and then your bust? Oh, it's all very New Zealand focused for me. No, never. Couldn't you? you yeah, you'd be very surprised to hear. Practice your surprise faces here when he names Devin Conway. No, I think, oh, I think Conway's okay. going to be an he's incredibly important uh, player for New Zealand. Um, he's he's someone I had on my list before, but um, I actually think Glenn Phillips is the one that that is the boom. Like I I think that he is. It's his time. It, you know, he he is hitting the prime of his uh, career. I don't think it's going to come off for him in every single game, but I think that he goes away from this tournament with his stock is going to rise. You know, when he when everyone when he's out he's our only player I think in that lineup that, as I said, can get us from two hundred and sixty to three hundred and sixty or three twenty or whatever. And Glenn Phillips, so he's got a lot on his plate, and I think if he comes off like in the T Twenty World Cup, if he has a couple of games where it absolutely clicks for him. People are going to start looking at Glenn Phillips as the real world class player that I think he can be. And your bust? I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, but I really think Lock. Uh, I'm really worried about Lockie Ferguson. I just think that he he just hasn't looked good with the ball for the past 12, 12 months. And if Southie's going to be injured, Lockie's got a big role to play for New Zealand. Even even if Southie is there and um, and it's Milne or whoever it is. Lockie's got a role to come in and be a wicket taker, and in the IPL, in uh, you know international games for New Zealand, he hasn't been able to do it. And when he doesn't take wickets, he's going at 11s and 12s and you know eights and ODIs. And yeah, I'm just worried that it's not going to happen for him. I I hope, absolutely hope, I'm wrong. But if I had to pick someone out of that lineup for New Zealand to have a a difficult tournament, I think he's the one that that I've got to identify. Checking, checking your watch. Yeah, Raj. <laughs> I actually had um, Glenn Phillips. He was a massive boom for me. I I picked him for the twenty twenty World Cup, um, and he scored a hundred in that, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So boom there. Schmeicher. My issue, I don't think that he's going to get the the opportunity. I think that he's batting too far down the order. Unless he gets into that top four, I don't think he's going to have the usage to um, to really. Boom! I think he will have a good tournament, but not the boom that I know he's capable of. So I've gone with uh, Devin Conway, uh, sticking with the New Zealand theme. I think that Conway stands up here, top two, three run scorers in the in the competition. Uh, you know, multiple hundreds scores runs shows everyone that he is the premier left-handed opening batsman in the world. Um, from a bust perspective, um, I've actually gone just Pakistan. I think that they're going to struggle in this tournament. I don't think, you know, you look at the likes of Baba, Rizwan, I don't think they're going to be in the top five run scorers in the tournament. Uh, bowling, we don't know who's exactly fit, um, who's going to, you know, be able to take wickets. And uh, I think that they're going to have a more difficult tournament uh, than, than, than we imagine. Very good. Pinksy? I'm glad that we uh, segued off individual players because I've obviously read the prep wrong and, and gone for... 
broader themes with my boom and bust. So my, my boom, and there's a hell of a lot of recency bias in this, is, is South Africa. Uh, so I think they've just come into a bit of form at the right time. When we've just gone through the preview, I even I've got it written down here, so you know I'm not lying. Yeah, it is written. It is Nod his head, but um, I, I think in terms of you know we've talked about the depth of that lineup. I still think they've got a little bit of a question mark around their spin depth, um, but I think that they're going to have a better tournament than um, the bookmakers would potentially suggest. Um, my bust, and this is a kind of a joint one actually. Um, I think both cricket World Cup finalists from uh, 2019 aren't going to make the final four. Um, so that's that's my potential uh, final four. Yeah, that's going to be my potential uh, potential bust. Um, England as well. You is, think? This, yeah, this is this is ooh, yeah, scandalous. Um, I, clearly, that might not have any effect on my final four predictions. <laughs> yeah. But that's my bold. That's my bold statement. Okay. I, I I can just see. I can what I've written down. And again, Bordy can uh, if you can read my handwriting. I can see a scenario where neither of them is in the in the top. Um, the top four mm. um, I know you want to be quick but uh, in you know listeners to the first episode of this uh, two part preview uh, listen to us talk very very highly of England and that there were almost no flaws what, you know you talked about the travel maybe being a, a downer what what's an additional like how 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 does it go wrong for them that well, they don't even make the semis? Well, like only four teams can make the semis. Lip and we you know there's some strong teams in this tournament. We, you know I think you know we'll come on to predictions, but you've got a home side that I think you know are really a shoe in to, to make the final four unless there's a, an absolute catastrophe. And I, I just think there's a scenario where there's there's teams that actually can you know can provide the upset. And ultimately, this format of the tournament is going to show you who the best four sides are. Yeah. Um, hope there's no weather around uh, throughout the course of the yeah. tournament. Um, but yeah, that aside, you, you, you know, this format really is a great format for making sure that the top four teams are going into the into the final four. Mm. So that's yeah, that's what I've gone with. Bordy? from a boom perspective, I think I have I've got players. So I think Dawood Milan set for a, for a boom tournament, and there, there are reps on Dawood Milan in a lot of circles, but in a lot of other circles people are asking, should he even be in the England side? He has been performing tremendously well. If you just look at the runs he scores, he has been performing tremendously well. I think in and around all the other quality players that are in that England team, I think he's set for a big tournament. And I also think on the back of his Asia Cup form, Jasper Bummer is in for a boom tournament as well. Mm. I think from a player perspective, I think those two are exciting ones to watch. um, And I'm glad that no one else picked them. Um, from a from a boom perspective, and I'm going to say this in two ways: a bus perspective or a boom. No, but from a boom perspective, another boom. Team. Oh, you're going from a team. Team. All oh, right. So boom, 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 boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and it's not it's not <laughs> sh- big, it, big it's not, No, it's not. And it's not a freedy. No, it's not Shahid boom boom a freedy. Um, this could be boom for India. It could also equally be a bust for India. If India don't win this tournament, and I think the pass mark for Indian fans is winning their home World Cup. Mm. MS Dhoni delivered for them in 2011. They have had crickets since. They've had nothing in terms of tournament success since. There is so much riding on this World Cup for India in India that if they win, it's a massive boom for them. But if they don't, even if they make the final and lose, this could be a huge bust for those guys and their legacies. They've got no excuses in terms of star power. They've got no excuses in terms of, you know, everything is set up for them to have a big tournament. India could be a huge bust if they don't make the final. And even if they make the final and don't win, I think a lot of Indian fans would consider it a bust for India in the tournament. 
As far as players go, I have real concerns about Stoinis and Green from Australia as far as tournament busts are concerned. I, I just have a, a real worry that they are not going to deliver for Australia when it matters and that we might look back on this as being the sort of the the moment that we realise that maybe Marcus Stoinis's best days are behind him from a you know from the 146 not out against New Zealand at Eden Park where he kind of launched his career off the back of that he has been second ODI or something and he has been lean for some time if he doesn't score knocks of significance that win games for Australia in chases or take Australia to massive scores that form the backbone of a winning game or a, or a big semi-final or a final, it's going to be bust for Marcus Stoinis, I think, and which is really sad to see. Cool. We've got our boons and our busts. We're going to go through... Um, I mean, let's just name the brackets that we've got. So we're going to go for our four, um, our four semi-finalists and then we'll come back and do winners um, and then we'll come back and do MVP um, as, as well. Um, just before we do that, so, you know, we've talked about the betting. So um, quick look at... Um, What's it called? The TAB in New Zealand, where they do the the old decimal odds. So other in, betting agencies yeah, are so, available. Yeah, other betting agencies are available. So India paying three dollars to win outright. England four dollars. Australia five dollars. Pakistan at six dollars fifty. South Africa eight fifty. New Zealand nearly a tenner, nine dollars fifty. Sri Lanka thirty one, and then Afghanistan, Bangladesh, and the Netherlands all paying one hundred and one dollars. Um, Get yourselves on the UK betting sites because you can get a thousand to one on the Netherlands if you uh, go on to those uh, uh, non-decimalized odds. So that's the betting. So the betting suggests India, India, England, Australia, Pakistan. So, so they reckon the Netherlands has a better chance than Leicester City did. Well, they were five thousand to one. Well, there you go. Maybe they've learned the lesson from that. Um, so let, let's look at uh, let's look at our brackets. So let, let's start with you, Lippy. Here are the four. Um, who are the four and don't reveal your winner just yet uh, I'm going to be pretty boring here I think I think those top three and you know big three nations India England Australia make it and then look I've just got to be positive and, and throw New Zealand in there for my, for my fourth oh, not the Netherlands because uh, so who's playing who in your bracket uh, I probably have it in that order okay. India England Australia and then New Zealand can find a way to, to get in there like we, we always do in the semi-finals but yeah, I do think that from a New Zealand point of view, this is uh, probably the least confident I've felt going into an ODI World Cup for a while. Had pretty good feeling about that we'd go well in 2015. Again, in 2019, thought that the majority of our players had kind of hit, hit their peak. A lot of those players now, not that I think they're struggling necessarily, but they're not. They're they're just over that hump a little bit, and there are more questions to be answered with the injury front and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, not as confident on New Zealand, but. Those those top three, I just think that they're they're a step above, and and those odds kind of suggest that. Yep, so I'm I'm on the the boring train as well. So I've got uh, India first. I think they'll go through close to unbeaten, if not unbeaten, in the in the in the pool play. So they'll play New Zealand in fourth, and in the middle there, I've got England and, and Australia two three fighting it out. I'm going to go slightly different. Um, Good. Yeah. So, and I've not really thought about which way the teams will finish. So, um, and don't don't press me on it because then I've got to think about permutations for one versus two and three versus one. It fucks up my final. That's the point uh, of a bracket, though. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I didn't read all the instructions. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, so, t- top four. I'm going to India, Pakistan, South Africa, and England. Um, so, I'm going against England. You know, missing out. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm leaving um, Australia um, out of the mix in terms of my top four. Pakistan, South Africa, England, and India. Okay. Yeah. So no New Zealand either. No New Zealand. Correct. Uh, I have England and India at the top in that order. And I think they are, they are for me, daylight first and second. It, best two teams in this tournament going into it. From form, players, you know, you name it, they're the top two for me. Um, then you have a bit of a lottery from three to six. I think there's probably one, maybe two games maximum between between three and six. It might even come down to run rate. I have, I have Australia and South Africa going through. Um, in three and four Australia in three and South Africa in four but it could equally be Pakistan and New Zealand like those four teams are very very close and I wouldn't be surprised if the team that's in fourth is getting through on run rate um, from from the team that's in fifth but I have I have Pakistan uh, sorry Australia and South Africa going through in three and four so Australia play England 1v4 and then the other semi-final is India India South Africa but wouldn't it be juicy if it was India Pakistan in a semi-final of the World Cup that would be just superb yeah. that would be the semi-final well, that the, I want well let's stay with you then at, at that end who, Let, who? let's go with MVP first and then let's okay. come back to the winner so right. yeah um, MVP of the tournament and let's do, we will do this quickly okay Harris Ralph in the absence of Nassim Shah, Harris Ralph. Mixy. Similar theme, but I've got Barbara Zahn. I have Johnny Bester as my MVP. And I have Kuldeep Yadav. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it would be a spinner. Yep. yep. Oh, I like right. that. Baldy, who's in the final and who takes home the silverware? Two best sides play in the final. England and India play in the final. And who takes and home who the wins? silverware? <laughs> Not another draw. Please not another draw. No, even if New Zealand's in it, let's not have one. I th I think India. I think sorry. I think England beat India in the final. You're just doing that to put the moz on England. No, you bastard. No, I'm not. I think I think they've got the best side. I'm going for the fairy tale, so I'm I'm going for an India Pakistan final. Oof. Um, and I'm going to say Pakistan are going to win the World Cup. Oh, in wow. India. Oh. That would be massive. In that, India. Would be, that would be awesome. Oh. I would. We've just lost a few that. YouTube viewers yeah. as well. I would love to see that, though. But that would be That would awesome. be incredible. That would be just such a fairy tale awesome. finish to awesome a World awesome Cup. To see that. And um, a new winner of the World Cup, too, then, yeah. in that case. It would be great. Well, no, because they won it in 92. Oh, you said it's Yeah. yeah. New Zealand. Broke our hearts in there. Yeah. Um, thanks for that, Baldy. Yeah. Um, I've gone India to make the final along with England. And I think that England will beat India in the final. I've gone the same as Raj, but the reverse. I do think India. I think this is India's time. I think you look at that lineup. It's their lineup is unbelievable. As I've said, Kuldeep Yadav, Jasprit Bumrah. They've just got so many, so many options, and I think it's all it all clicks. And this is the the magical. Uh, this is the actual fairy tale that every that you know a billion people want. So. Yeah, I, I'm all in on the India train as, as much as I would love New Zealand to go and do it. I think they, out of all of the teams, I think they're the most deserving. If you look at two two finals and the way they were heartbroken last time, I think uh, they deserve to be there and lift that trophy. See Kane lift that trophy. But, you uh, before the stories, before the tournament started, they deserve to be there. Oh, my God. This they is do. the most ridiculous podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> Um, look, that is a good place to end it. We've got India, uh, two Englands and a Pakistan in our predictions. So if you're a betting person, get yourself down to the TAB and get your money on Australia or South Africa would be my suggestion, <laughs> um, or even the Netherlands. Um, but I hope you enjoyed part two of this Cricket World Cup 2023 preview show. As we said at the top of preview show one, the action starts in Ahmedabad on the 5th 
of October. Tell the listeners what they can expect during the tournament. Oh, tell the listeners what they can expect during the tournament. Who knows? But I think we'll be coming out with lots more content throughout the course of the tournament. So won't be weekly uh, shows wrapping up a week's worth of games. We will be endeavouring to get um, on to our platforms and release regularly throughout the course mm. of the tournament. We've still got probably a week to go until we uh, get into that schedule. But um, do drop us a note in the socials if there's anything that you particularly want to see throughout the course of the tournament. It won't always be the four of us. Uh, we're all over the world um, through the course of the next three or four weeks on the top of the podcast. So plenty of um, online um, yeah, online sort of sessions as well. But let us know in the socials what you want to see throughout the tournament. But for now, it is good night and good bless from us all here in Auckland. Um, if we don't see you before, we'll see you on the 5th in our Medabad. Good night. <laughs>